BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Right, guys. Welcome back to Coaching Conversations with Pete and Yas. But before we get to today's episode... Just a quick announcement from our partnership with St. Mary's University Twickenham. Yeah, so thanks for having me. Um, I'm Ashley, our performance football coaching course lead, uh, as you know, as a member of our alumni. Um, our course is unique around the world, so we believe that we have a, a distance learning model that kind of works for everyone, regardless of where they are in the world. They can study football performance coaching from their environment and put it into their context. Amazing. And who is it for? So we really have lots of different unique opportunities. So you can be a pro license coach that we've had in the past. You could be a level two UEFA B coach. It's about putting it into your context. So we'll expose students to match analysis, uh, contemporary football coaching cultures, and they can put that into their own practice and improve their knowledge and understanding of the game. Thank you for that, Ash. And as an alumni member of St. Mary's University Twick, and I'm proud to announce the partnership that we've got going on, where each week myself and Pete will be delivering conversations around different how-to elements and analysis tips and obviously some insights from our own experiences as coaches and coach developers. So catch that on YouTube and every week on all major platforms where you can hear it in audio form as well. Right guys, welcome back to Coaching Conversations with Pete and Yes. This week we'll be discussing dealing with parents. Um, Pete, straight in. Uh, okay, I think... You know, we, we the term dealing with parents mm-hmm. is, is a, quite a conflict. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, because it's almost like that. We're, they're, they're a problem uh, straight away because we're saying, "Oh, dealing with parents." I keep I hear this a lot. Oh, dealing with parents is, is always the most dif- difficult thing. I think of it in this way: is that if you've got kids, and if you're the coach, you were the coach last season. There was another coach, and you come in. Mm. What what you have to think about? Well, what was your thoughts when the co- other coach was coaching? If you see what I mean. Okay. So you don't all of a sudden because you've been given the jacket that all of a sudden you're you're take on a new you're, role. Yeah, you're, you're omnipotent. <laughs> you're not. You're still a parent, especially if you've got a child in the team. But I think one of the most important things is to realize, especially at grassroots level, more at grassroots level, we'll talk about, is that the parents are a resource, mm. and I think it's really really important to to understand that. But that resource has got to work within a framework. So when you have your, you know, your your codes of conduct, your player behaviour um, uh, charters, your your parents and carers charters, and all those sort of things, it's really important that people know exactly where they stand within that. So most clubs survive or fall by the amount of interaction that the parents have within the club. Mm. If the parents don't put in a shift, getting the kids there, you know, helping out fundraisers, mm. all that sort of stuff, mm. they don't do any of that. 
the, the clubs will fold. So we have to understand that. So by saying parents, let's just stop with the parents bit and talk about people. Mm. How do we deal with people? And when we're talking about dealing with people, we're normally talking about dealing with. If they, listen, if there's if they if they if they're not a problem, you're dealing with anything. Yeah. It's when they become a problem. So that's what we're talking about. Yeah. So I, I think for me, no, I think you're right. Spot on. If we're straight off the top, I think it is about the language that's being used. I think often, mm. and, and you know. I refer to it as dealing with parents because that's often how it's described. Mm, exactly. um, whereas I like to put, you know, like challenge people who've got that perception and saying, "Look, have you ever thought about is ineffectively collaborating with parents, mm. and then effectively collaborating with parents?" Because mm. that's that's the fundamental difference, right? Like mm. you've hit the nail on the head in a couple of things there. Like they they, they are fe- fundamentally key stakeholders in this mm. process. Mm. Now, I've been coaching for nearly. 13, 14 years now, and I've never yet met one parent, mm. regardless of the age of the players, mm. regardless of the gender of the players, that has ever had a situation, well, I've never been in a situation where I can say, that parent is a bad parent. Mm. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? However, are they are they misinformed? Are they undereducated? Mm. Potentially. Are they uninformed? Mm. But never I could question the intent behind it, mm. right? So I think it, it, the collaboration piece is so key. Just little things, like you said, like the interactions around, well, what are we going after in mm. training? What mm. what is the plan for the match day? Mm. You know how how well do the parents understand mm. that stuff? Because if they understand that stuff, now they can be a bit more guided, mm. deliberate, and intentional with their efforts to support mm. in that moment. Mm. For some parents, if they don't know any other mm. you know other way, then all they're going to try and do is maybe coach the team on the mm. match day from the mm. sidelines, mm. um, or maybe they're you know supporting, trying to support their child or mm. or the t- or the players in the team by offering them incentives mm. and things like that. So. Mm. It's often a lack of education or lack of understanding and, yeah, probably alignment around what the club are trying to do, the mm. coach is trying to get from the environment, but also what the player and mm. parents understand from the mm. process. Mm. Well, that's really important because I think if you, if, you, if, you, if you think about it in this way, if we look at um, a parent who starts to give their child uh, a bonus for scoring goals, which you hear a lot, you then have to start to think about, well, well, how does that affect the child? Because the child's now thinking about the bonus, the extra fiver that they're going to get mm. because mum or dad have said, I'm going to mm. give you this because you've scored a goal. One of the things that I, 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 I remember at a club I was at and there was a parent who was doing that. And I say, and what I did was I took the child off because the child, because the, 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 the parent had said, uh, if, and I, they didn't say it to me because they knew that I would have been I was having nothing, none of it. So when I heard about it, I said, if he scores a hat trick, um, his dad's going to give him 20 quid. And I went, all oh, right, okay. So he scored two, and there's 15 minutes to go, and we did rotations of 15 minutes. He went, off you come. All right. And he looks, stands there, and I thought, go on, go on, go <laughs> on. Tell me why you want to stay on. All right. But he couldn't, because he knew that if, if that, um, if, if um, he said it to me, there's been no way he was going to go back on. And, um, and, and I thought... how old was the player he, at the he was, he was 11. Yeah. Can you believe that? 11 years old. So I kind of thought to myself, no, I'm going to, you know... And um, uh, the dad came up to me and said to me afterwards, oh, he was on a hat trick. Um, you could have uh, let him stay on. I said, really? Why, why would I have done that? It was his turn to come on. He says, yeah, but... I said, why is it so important that he scores that hat trick? Now we're talking about the team here. Explain to me, what would he have got if he'd have scored the hat trick? Mm. And then he blushed because 
he knew then at that point that I knew. Now, so dealing with something like that is around, you, you have to be, sometimes have to be quite strong. I was quite mm. lucky because I didn't have a child in, the, in that particular team. Um, it becomes more difficult when, when parents have a mm. child in the team um, because they have to be careful that they don't either um, um, make their child suffer because they're not doing things in the right way yeah. or, or, or give their child too much, which again, I've seen, you know, where a, a, a child never leaves the pitch because dad's in charge. Yeah, yeah. Normally dad yeah. is in charge. But I think what when we when we talk about other things around parenting uh, is is this idea of you know you know poor behaviour you know shouting at referees mm. and that, that sort of stuff that's something again your club code of conduct's got to take care of that. But I think I, I get you and I, and I fully agree with you. However, I think the challenge some clubs have, and I think you've alluded to this earlier, in that fundamentally the parent the parents are the customers. Mm-hmm. Right, the child is the customer, mm-hmm. um, and if there's enough parents doing that, whether you've got a code of conduct mm-hmm. or not, if you s- try to, I guess, sanction mm-hmm. too many, pa- you're gonna have no team. So you know, and I think that's often a conundrum for a lot of coaches. It's almost like, well, I can't say nothing to Pete because Pete's, in some ways, he's a bit of a ringleader for the rest of the parents mm-hmm. as well. Because that's another challenge that, that, mm-hmm. that it does exist, mm-hmm. right? You've got some people who who are a bit more influential amongst parents, parent groups. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, how do you deal with that? Well, that, that's that's you deal with that right at the very beginning, mm. because if you don't deal with it right at the beginning, you, you say right, this is what we're you're signing up to, and you make it really explicitly clear, and then you've got you start to see that that ringleader type person starts coming in. They keep they're doing things that are not beneficial to the team. You pull that person because mm. you know I've had to do that before. I pull the person and say. Mm-mm. You, mm. you, I said to you at the start of the season, this is what we're going after. You signed up to this. Mm. So why are you now going against that? What's the problem? Uh, and then you, yeah, you, you say that the, 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 the parents are the customers. True, but as a coach, you're the shopkeeper. Yeah. So you have to start to think about uh, who do you allow into your shop? Yeah. So... Uh, and, and I think, I think just, just to cut you on that, mm. I think it's such a great point because that is the challenge sometimes, right? I mean, I'm supporting a group of coaches at the moment working with different different players and some of the complaints that they get and they mm. share with me it's almost like well why are they complaining they decided mm. to come to this place <laughs> knowing this is what it was yeah. right you can't like <laughs> I don't know I can't do a, a great example other than right now you know, I've gone and bought a Pepsi thinking it was going to be a Coke <laughs> oh, I've, I've clearly picked Other up the Pepsi are, are <laughs> <available>. <laughs> do, do you know what I mean but like you've, you've come you've, everything's been given to you on the, on the, out, out, on the, mm. out, on the outset that this is what you're signing up to, mm. and I think that's the f- that's one layer of it, and I think the other layer is actually then the coaches having the capability to hold the people accountable to that. Mm. I mean, but that's a skill as a, as, mm. as a that's a human skill, mm. and that's the thing is is that we mustn't forget that we have certain skills that we um, um, have to deal with we, we use in our day to day. So most of the parents have a job; they you know some of them might be in charge of people and so on and so forth, and they have to think about well, actually, how would I deal? If somebody, if somebody was doing this in my workplace, mm. somebody was behaving like this in my workplace and I was in charge, mm. well, actually, the same skills that you'd use there are the same skills you'd use in football. Mm. What we tend to... Ha- what we, what that logic goes out the window sometimes, right? Exactly. Cause when it, it comes to football. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Everybody loses their <laughs> mind. You know what I mean? You know, set common sense just goes out the window. Oh, it's football. It's, it's like, you know... It's still it, people, though, isn't it? Well, yeah. Well, yeah. But it's like, if you think about it, if you, if you were to... Um, if your child was at school and the, you heard the teacher was shouting at the child because they didn't know their times tables, 
you put down the stupid score straight away. Mm. But because a, a kid misses a, a, a shot at a goal and the coach starts shouting, we think it's all right because it's football. Mm. But it's not all right. Mm. Because we've, we have to understand that these... And I think, that, I think probably a, a good way to kind of uh, maybe frame it would be that we're seeing people accept these behaviours in football because it's what they see on telly, mm. right? So it's what they see done with adults. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sports Sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. In a public stage. Mm-hmm. Right? However, if you use your example about you know being in a school, well, I ain't going to, you know, be upset with my seven-year-old or ten-year-old if they can't do master's level <laughs> essays. Do you know what yeah, I mean? It's yeah. just not. It doesn't make sense. Why? Yeah. Why would they be able to? It wouldn't yeah. be. It wouldn't, if there was, there'll be something yeah. uniquely possible, yeah. uh, uniquely impossible about yeah. that situation, right? But I, gu- I guess you know, if we're looking at it from a parent's perspective, where do you think a coach should start in terms of again moving from it becoming dealing with the parent to collaborating with the parent? Well, again, uh, I, I, and I'll repeat this again. It's, it's that piece how you start. Mm. Everything start. It, it, it's it's at the beginning. The thing about it is with with w- what we all have to remember, whether we're parents, whether we're coaches, managers, whatever you know, uh, um, welfare officers. It's the children or the players that are the most important. Mm. Without them, we got nobody to shout at. <laughs> <laughs> We've got nobody to give instruction. We've got nobody to coach. And no parents to deal with. Exactly, yeah. Because football will always break out. Kids will go and they'll go out and they'll play football by themselves. They won't need a parent shouting at them or a coach telling mm. them, giving them instructions or tactics or bibs or cones or whatever. They will just play football. Mm. So what we have to remember is that, um, and we have to say this to, to everybody concerned, that's parents, coaches, everybody. What are we here for? We're here for the kids. Okay, how are we going to make the experience of the kids the best possible experience? And then we can then start to, to mm. start to think. You can then ask the, the the simple question is: Do you think that the behaviour you're showing now is helping your child to be the best that they can be? They might say, "Yeah, well, he or she they need that. They they, they need it, this that and the other." So, well, actually, at the start of the season, we said we weren't going to do that. Mm. You agree to that. So therefore, you're going against that. The kids have all signed up. They said they're happy with that. So you're now going against that. So I'm sorry, so I can't. I, I get that. I'm just you know trying to play devil's advocate now. Mm. Coach does that at the start of the season. They've laid down. I think. So my my question would be, how often should those touch points be? Those review points be because that's probably one of the biggest challenges, and that's probably the thing that probably causes the most problems for them is that they don't often 
check in enough times or consistently enough to reinforce what's been agreed to, if that makes sense. I, I think that you would, you, I, I would look at it from a point of view of, I would do one at the start of the season, I'd probably do one around about Christmas time, just before probably, and I'd do one probably in about February time, mm. you know, just to make sure that everything is going all right, is everybody happy and so on and so forth. It's not just to, have, you know, to, to lay down the law to parents, but it's also to say, are the parents happy? Are you happy with what mm. I'm doing? Are you, is there anything that you'd like to see more of? Or do you think I'm giving all the uh, players a, a fair a, a fair hearing? They're all playing. And that, then you might start to, because one parent might go, actually, my little boy or girl actually hasn't had that many minutes. Mm. And I'm noticing that, that mm. he, she's always, like she's always starting sub. I'm like, oh. Yeah, but yeah. But do, you know, do you know what's interesting? Because like, these are common problems that are this way, right? Where a parent might say, "Oh, my parent, my, play, my son, or my daughter is not getting enough game time, or they're not, they don't never seem to start." And it's my advice to coaches always just keep a log of the minutes, mm. right? Yeah. Because the thing is, perception and reality are two very different things, <laughs> That's right, yeah. right? So when you can go back to the parent and say, "Hold on a second, no, actually, your child has played." Mm. 90% of the minutes. Mm. Now, there might be a point in there that suggests mm. actually they don't often start the game, mm. but they actually do still play 90% mm. of the minutes. Mm. Now, it then becomes, again, that education piece mm. around understanding, well, is it what's more important? Is it the minutes? Is it the fact that they're starting? Is it, is it there's not enough variance of both? And there's no right or wrong in here. But and it's also the other side of it is, well, my child, because the bottom line is parents are always going to see it from mm. their child's perspective, course, yeah. right? It's never going to be, oh, well, mm. Pete's kid's only got 10 minutes. Yeah, but it's not my problem. <laughs> yeah, <that's right>. <laughs> <laughs> my kid's got eight. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So I think yeah. it's, it's really important and that education piece. So, because again, one of the challenges that will come with that is where they've been mm. with their child, but also their own experiences. Mm. If they've been coached and if mm. they've been in environments where, you know, they've played in mm. teams and stuff like that, that will obviously have an influence mm. in terms of their understanding and their perceptions mm. of what effective support and coaching may or may or not may or may not look like mm -hmm. so from that education standpoint what are some you know, what are some strategies that you'd maybe utilize for yourself in terms of how you tackle that I think um, what I've always tried to be is, is, is open um, um, try and give as much information as I possibly can some information I uh, will share some some I won't mm. um, and, and I think it's it's having that conversation with the, with the parents, you know, what we're doing and this is what we're trying to do here. And I might explain that while we're on the touchline. Mm. So I said, you notice that, we, you know, we've tried to get that to happen and this to happen, that, that to happen. I mean, we had a boy a couple of, uh, yeah, it was not even a couple of seasons ago, but it was last season. Didn't want to start. Didn't want, didn't want to start, you know. But my aim was to try and give him the confidence to start. So, um but he and and there were various times when mm. he 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 felt he didn't want to didn't want to play for many minutes mm. and that sort of stuff. But I had to give him that that that, that sense of um, the opportunities. The, there. The, the opportunities is that's number one. Number two that he could go in and play the, the minutes that he felt comfortable. But his parents mm. they were going, well, he should be he should be wanting to play. He said he wanted to do this. Why isn't he? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And, I, and I thought, well, actually, you just got to let him deal with that in his own way. Yeah. So. Speaking to the parents and saying to them, look, listen, he's got to deal with it in his own way yeah. when he feels comfortable and so on and so forth. But again, he's not having that conversation. And I think that piece is really important because it reminds me of an experience uh, a few months back where I was supporting a coach and mm. a player said to the coach, they want to come off. Mm. Um, parents looked at it from the other mm. side of the pitch and been like, 
well, why is that? Why is my? Why is my? Why is my child not playing? Mm. Your child said they mm. want to come off. Yes, like, what do you want this coach to do? Like, mm. y- you need to be speaking to your child mm. now. I think that's the that's the frustration sometimes, isn't it, in terms of dealing with parents? Because you know, obviously, who was I listening to the other day? Um, I think it was James Madison. Mm. I think James Madison was talking about you know there'd be plenty of times of growing up um, where you know he'd go and he'd be taken to play up from the 16s to the 18s mm. in his in his in his youth youth days. Um, but he'll be going to games where sometimes he'll go. They'll travel two three hours with his mm. dad or whatever. And he wouldn't even get on the pitch. Mm. And, and th- that's some of the frustration you've got to be able to deal with, right? Because mm. obviously the parents are now frustrated. Well, I've made this effort, mm. I've made this journey, and whatever, whatever. Mm. My child's not playing, but never actually spoken to the child to actually recognise. Actually, mm. it's got nothing to do with the coach. It's me, mm. right? Um, and it kind of leads me into a, into another another thought of mine mm. in that some t- an experience I had last year around challenging the perception and the understanding of parents around what they view development as. Mm and success as. Mm-hmm. So I remember speaking to a parent at, at one point and it was, oh, my child's not enjoying enjoying themselves anymore. Mm-hmm. Okay. So my my, cha- my challenge to the <laughs> parent was, okay, so without referring to mm-hmm. the number of goals they've scored, without referring to the number of assists mm-hmm. they've made, um, and without referring to the results of mm-hmm. the team, explain to me what your measurement mm-hmm. of development is. Mm-hmm. And they couldn't. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not saying that I've necessarily got the mm. right answer mm. for that, but I think that for me said it all, mm. is that most parents, in my experience, would probably be in a similar position there where they would not be able to answer without referring to one of those three things. What are your thoughts? Yeah, well, of course, that's, that's the thing that they w- will go to immediately. But I think you've got to remember that we, we look at it from a, from a point of view of people who spent a lot of time in the game and we understand what development means is and those parts but that then goes back to my um my initial uh uh, uh, points at the start of the discussion is about this idea of you know when we sit down with them we explain that to them in our in our meetings because what we're trying to say to them is this is what development looks like this is the sort of things that we're going to do these are the things that we're going to try we may change some of that but these are the things that we're we're looking to develop the child because i would say to the to the parents at some stage, they're going to leave me and go and, co- and play for someone else. When they go and leave me and play for that, some, are they going to be somebody that that, that that new coach will go, oh, we've got to have that player? Mm. And that's the thing that we've got to remember, especially at youth level. Mm. Most of us, the majority of people who will be watching this will be coaching youth players. All right? At some stage, that youth player is going to go out of their environment and go to somewhere else. Mm. So it's really important that we know what they're going to leave. It's almost like, I would call it a, 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 a technical passport that they take with them throughout their... Mm. Th- th- so that when they go and they go and play somewhere else, somebody can look at them playing and go, oh, that player's good. Mm. They've got, they're good at this, good at that, they're good at that. It stands out. Mm. I think it's an interesting point and I, th- I kind of, I'll leave it on this one that for me, from a coach development standpoint, I've always looked at it as this. The coach's job is to help the players get to a point that they didn't see was possible. Mm-hmm. Um, but the coach developer's job is to get to the coach to the point where that they didn't feel was possible. Mm-hmm. And I think within that, you then start to say, right, okay, well, almost never be comfortable with where your players are at mm-hmm. or what, they, what they're showing. Mm-hmm. Take them beyond that. Mm-hmm. So that'll be my last thing for about yourself. Yeah, I think on this one, it's have the conversation with the parents. Don't be frightened to have sometimes difficult conversations and 
Secondly, oh, secondly, was that thirdly? Thirdly, yeah, is to remember that you, if you, if the parents have signed up to your code of conduct, ensure that you keep reminding them of of that mm. that they've signed up to that code of conduct, because if you do that, I think you you you're pretty much on a way to ensuring that you don't have too many difficulties. Awesome. Well, there you have it, guys. Another coaching conversation with Pete and Yas, where today we discussed how to deal with parents or potentially move towards collaborating with them. Let us know your thoughts, leave a comment, make sure you subscribe, and we'll take care. Take care, and we'll see you next week. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.